morning, everyone, and welcome to the Friday morning devotion. Um, I'm just going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump right into the word. Lord Jesus, here I am. Use me today to speak your words of life. I pray that this word will, um, that it will touch our hearts, and that we yeah, will experience how you give us life. Amen. Dat so my goeie morgen, Greg. Wanneer kom keier jylle bykie in Suid-Afrika? Wel, ons moet seker bykie wacht vir COVID, maar het sal lekker wees om jylle ook weer te sien. Ok, so let's see how far we get. Um, we're not going to do the whole of John, but we're going to do quite a bit of John, um, John 6. And, um, but there's lots to say, so let's see how far we get. More and Martinet. Ok, let's start in verse 1. John 6 verse 1. After this, Jesus went to the farther side of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd was following because they had seen the signs, the miracles, which he continually performed upon those who were sick. So I just want you to take note here. Here, the group was following Jesus because of the signs and the miracles they saw. And Jesus walked up on the mountainside and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was approaching. Jesus looked up then, and seeing that a vast multitude was coming toward him, he said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that all these people may eat? But he said this to prove or to test him, for he well knew what he was about to do. Now note I want to make here, if you remember a few weeks ago, I preached about John 4, um, where Jesus was with the women at the well. And Jesus said to her, lady, please pour some, draw me some water. And um, she, she um, it never said if she actually drew him water. But what did he do? He gave her the opportunity to actually ask him for water. So it's like a test. It's like a test. He's, he's posing a question, posing a scenario, a situation to give you the opportunity to come to him. That's basically what, if it says here that Jesus tested him. Now, I need to say this as well. If you look at James 1, it says that God doesn't test or try us. Um, it is from our own either sinful flesh or something that, that um, is from the kingdom of darkness, let's say that. Um, God doesn't test us in the sense of he's sending cancer or he's sending a sickness, or he's sending a situation, or even allowing a situation just to kind of test and see if we will be faithful towards him. No. The kind of testing that he's speaking here about is Jesus using the word, using a situation to say to him, I want to show you my goodness. So he's speaking to the lady at the, at the well, and he's giving her the opportunity. He said, late, because the scripture says, that. he said to the lady, if you knew who was speaking to you, you would have rather asked me for living waters. Same with Philip. He knew what he was going to do, but he wanted to teach Philip something. Okay. And not, he wanted to show him something. It's almost like the, when they were walking, um, when Jesus was work, walking with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they weren't recognizing him. When they came there at Emmaus, he pretended to walk for it further. How funny is that? Jesus said he made as if he was going to go on. And then they said, no, come and sit with him. And he sat with him. So that is kind of a test. You know, he was just testing if they were going to ask him to stay. Okay, so 
just that is all in brackets. <laughs> so, um, verse 7, Philip answered him, 200 pennies, $40 worth of bread is not enough that everyone may receive even a little. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter, brother, said to him. Okay, so just to say in verse 7, Philip was immediately turning to the natural and he said, we don't have enough money to feed these people. Okay, so from a natural, from the sight, our senses perspective, they couldn't feed the people. Verse 9, Andrew said, there is a little boy here who has with him five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many people? Okay, so at least Andrew was starting to sense that there must be something more. He recognized the boy. He recognized the potential in the, you know, among so many people, yet he didn't fully grasp what was going to happen. He said, I see a boy. The others didn't see the boy. He saw the boy with the bread and the fish. But he said, but, you know, I see it, but I don't know really how this is going to play out. How, how, how is this little food going to feed so many people? Jesus said, verse 10, make all the people recline or sit down. Now the ground, a pasture was covered with thick grass at a spot. So the men threw themselves down about 5,000 in number. Um, and I'm always, when I read this, I think of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in green pastures next to stillful waters. And this is exactly like what Jesus did. It's like, come on, let's make them sit down, okay, and rest. And for me, this is such a beautiful um, analogy of the situation where miracles take place, when does it take place? When there's a position of rest. So let the people rest. We'll show them God's glory. So let them rest. Make them sit down. We are going to show them and feed them. Okay, so um, verse 11. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks. So I want you to remember this. We're going to get back to that. When he had given thanks, he distributed to disciples and the disciples to the reclining people. So also he did with the fish as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. When they had all had enough, he said to his disciples, Gather up now the fragments, the broken pieces, and that are left over so that nothing may be lost and wasted. Wow. Okay, that really struck me. So Jesus kept on feeding the people until they had enough. And then with the leftovers, he said, we don't want to waste this. So gather it up so that we can, you know, keep it, keep the leftovers. Let's quickly... Turn to, I think it is, let me just check. I did make notes, Matthew or Mark. Um, give me a second here. Mark, this somewhere. No, it's not that one. Was now my notes. Okay. Oh, Matthew 7. Okay. So, Jesus is speaking, teaching people. Verse 6, he says, Do not give that which is holy to the dogs, 
And do not throw your pearls before hawks, lest they trample upon them with their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So he's speaking about the treasures. He says, do not keep or give to those who will trample on it. And then in verse 7 he says, keep on asking and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. And he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. So what was Jesus doing? He was feeding the people until they said stop. Okay. God is enough. But God is more than enough. So these people were eating and then they said, oh, we are full. We cannot. Now, it's obvious that we're going to go to Jesus is the bread, you know, feeding himself. So let me jump in there. Jesus will give to you as much as you want. That's what it said. He said, and they were eating as much as they wanted. And Jesus just said to me, how much do you want me? Okay. He will keep feeding you until you say stop. Now, I have had that experience like many times I read the word and it feels like my brain is breaking. I'm like, okay, this is too much. I need to stop. I, need to, I cannot take this anymore. Or you're in the glory, in the anointing, and you're like, you have to get up. This is too much. I'm, I'm almost feeling too much. It's like, it's like your flesh is rebelling against the glory of God. You're like, I cannot take it. Okay. So this is not a rebuke to say, Sisman, who come? Why aren't you receiving more of Jesus? I'm saying there is still more. And if you are willing, he will continue to give to you. So um, we can use this in many situations. Let's say you are praying in the spirit. I've seen that before. Then I pray five minutes and then I'm kind of, I don't want to pray anymore. Jesus wants to do more in you and through you. But are you willing? Okay. How much do you want him? Now, if you feel in your heart, I don't want him that much. I really don't have a hunger. Ask him for a hunger. Enter the rest, sit down at the, at the lake in the green pastures and ask him for a greater hunger so that your capacity to receive more of him can grow. We need to make room for the anointing. It is like that lady, um, I suppose in Kings, I don't know the, the exact reference, that we're making room. She literally built a room or prepared a room in a house for the prophet Elijah to come and sleep there. And he was a representation of the anointing of God. She made room for the anointing. Now, in, I think it is Isaiah 54 that says, stretch, or 53 that says, stretch out your tent paints. Make room. Because the widow who did not bear fruit will see more fruit than the fruitful women. Okay, so he's speaking about Jerusalem and all of that. But the significance of the scripture is, is that if you haven't been bearing fruit, what need do you need to do? You need to enlarge your capacity to receive more of God. And what will that take of you? It will just sometimes take of you to maybe go a little further than what your flesh allows. Have you ever eaten a meal, you know, that Sunday afternoon meal? You're actually full, but you eat a little bit more, and sometimes maybe more. Now, in the natural, it's not so nice because you kind of feel, eh, not, not it, that, you know, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But 
you know what I mean by stretching your capacity. You eat a bit more. Now, with the word, it is the same. With Jesus, it is, is the same. Let's say you are reading and you're feeling, you know, I've had enough. Maybe just go on, pray that one extra minute. Maybe just read that one extra verse so that you can stretch your capacity to receive more of him. Okay. So, Getting back to Matthew 7, he's saying, do not throw your, your pearls to the pigs. So Jesus was gathering up all the bread that was left over. Because if the bread wasn't gathered up, they would have literally just trampled on it. There were 5,000 men, excluding women and children. They would have just trampled on the provision that was given them. Because they could not receive more. They could not eat more. That is just the natural. Now, in the same with the spiritual, you know, it's like... Um, Sometimes, you know, let's say I preach for an hour and then it's just, there's just one sentence that stands out for you. Now, I'm giving bread of life. I'm dishing out bread of life. What I am, what I am entrusting to you or what I am suggesting to you is eat as much as you can. You know, I've sat in services and my thoughts will wander because you feel, oh, you know, this has been long and I've eaten enough. What do I do in that moment when I find that my thoughts are wandering? I'm like, no, give it attention. There is more. There is always more because Jesus will keep on giving you as much as you want. He is more than enough. So when you feel, <laughs> maybe I've had enough, there is more to give. So let's stretch that capacity of ours to receive more of Jesus. Okay, so um, let's jump over to verse 23, and I'm going to give, I'm going to show you something here. But now some other boats from Tiberias had come near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. And this was just so significant. So Jesus basically, um, what happens here is they fed the people, and then the disciples went onto the boat woo, to the other side of the lake, and then Jesus caught up with them. You know, he was walking on the water, caught up with them, and as he got into the boat, immediately they were on the other side. And then people, the next morning, they're like, okay, where's Jesus now? And um, they get into their boats to go. But it is so significant for me that they highlight this again. He had come near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. I'm like, what about where they ate the bread where the Lord had multiplied the bread? I mean, that is the more obvious thing. So it was just so, because even if you read, um, I mean, the Bible doesn't just put in things here because it's nice to put in there. He wants to teach us. We, um, in verse 11, he says, Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed it to the disciples. And then later, they refer to the place as the place where Jesus had given thanks. Now, let's quickly jump to Philippians 4. Verse 6, it says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, and it says in brackets, definite requests. So that petitions is definite request. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. So he says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not worry. But take, make a definite request to God with thanksgiving. Why thanksgiving? Let's go to Mark 11. 
Okay. So here, um, Jesus cursed, cursed the fig tree. And um, verse 21. And Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doomed has withered away. Okay. So Peter was in unbelief. He was like, what? This really happened? Like what you said actually happened? And then God, or Jesus replies to him, he says, and Jesus replying said to him, have faith in God constantly. So we're also going to get back to that just now. Truly I tell you, what, whosoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. For this reason I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is granted to you and you will get it. Okay. So why do we give thanks when we give our petitions to God? Because it is already granted. So I can in advance already thank God. Thank you, God, that you have healed me on the cross. Thank you, God, that you have provided for this situation. Thank you, God, for your joy that you are going to manifest in me right now. So it is not necessarily in like specifically the words that you mean words are very important but it's not so if you know if you don't use the right words then God is not going to answer your prayer it is in the attitude of the heart so when I come to God I do not plead for something that he still needs to accomplish and hopefully he will say yes to me now when I come to God I come with an attitude of he has already provided for it in the cross he already prepared the work that I can step into it Ephesians is it 2 verse 10 Ephesians 2 verse 10 he already pre- prepared that work so thank you Lord that I can now walk into this life in the manifestation of this okay so whatever we ask there is Jesus he prayed, giving thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are going to now multiply this bread. And whatever he asked, God granted it to him. Okay, let's go to, on from verse 23, 24. So the people, finding that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there themselves, got into the small boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the lake, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Okay, so in verse 2, they follow Jesus because of the miracles. Now they follow Jesus again. Now let's see what says Jesus, verse 26. Jesus answered them, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, you have been searching for me, not because you saw the miracles and signs, but because you were fed with the loaves and you were filled and satisfied. Jesus is saying, you're following me because in the natural, you were satisfied. I gave you bread. It's not because of the miracle that I have done. It is because you were satisfied. And then in verse 27, he says to them, stop toiling and doing and producing for the food that perishes and decomposes in the um, using. Okay, so stop looking at the natural. Stop looking at the natural to be satisfied. He's basically saying to them, but strive and work and produce rather for the lasting food which endures continually unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give you that. What was Jesus just doing? He was demonstrating in the natural what he wants to do in the spirit. He was giving them bread. Did they do something to to earn it? Mm -mm, They were just there. So for you... To receive something from God, you just need to show up. So that is your part, is to show up. Okay. 
Because obviously the ones who weren't on the mountain following Jesus didn't get the bread because they weren't there. Okay, so the Son of Man will give you that. For God the Father has authorized and certified him and put his seal of endorsement upon him. Then they said, what are we to do that we may habitually be working the works of God? Jesus replied, this is the work that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom he has sent you. This immediately took me back to Mark 11, where, you know, the disciples is every day walking with Jesus. They have now seen one or two or three miracles. And now Jesus curses the fig tree. And again, Peter is standing in unbelief. Okay. So he is not having faith in God. He says, the work of God is this, that you believe in me. Now here is Peter. He's not having faith in God. He's like, what? The fig tree withered. What is Jesus' reply? Have faith in God. So how do we habitually work the work of God? We continue to have faith in God. We continue to strive to enter the rest. We don't go like, oh, it didn't work, you know, this faith thing. Didn't work, I'm giving up. Oh, I've, I've prayed 10 times for this. Still, it's not working. Oh, I've sowed hundreds and hundreds of rands. Still, I haven't seen my breakthrough. What did Jesus do when the disciples were fishing? They were fishing all night and they didn't catch one fish. And Jesus said to them, throw in to this side. And they caught how many fish. Sometimes we just need to stretch our capacity and continue in the faith. Continue coming to Jesus so that we can be filled and so that he can do something for us. Okay. Where are we going to go? Verse 13. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then so that we may see it and believe and rely on and adhere to you? What supernatural work have you to show what you can do? I'm like, Okay, so Jesus is saying, this is the work of God, believe in me. Like, like what sign are you going to give us? They're like, did you not just yesterday? Just yesterday, we were feeding, let's say, 15,000 people with a handful of food. Um, now they're asking God for another sign. So you see, they weren't following God for the miracles, for Jesus for the miracles. And at one time, the, Jesus was uh, reproving the Pharisees. He said to me, you do not even come to me, or you don't believe me. What I ask of you is at least believe the miracles. Sometimes, you know, a miracle can manifest right in front. We can raise a person from the dead, and still people do not see. So we need to continue preaching the gospel so that faith can come, so that people can come. But you have that choice. A miracle is not going to change your life. It can, obviously, I mean. But the thing that will really change your life is when you continue to come to Jesus. Your relationship with Jesus is much more important than a miracle. And it's, maybe I'm being technical here, because God is miracles. You know, I don't want to say, ah, we shouldn't go for the miracles. No, go for the miracles. We love miracles. It's God showing himself. But the miracle in itself, if if you just take the miracle and it is not the miracle with Jesus, I don't know, I'm disputing the value of that because 
it is Jesus that we want in the end. So here they are already in unbelief. They just saw a miracle already. God, what are you going to show us? Our forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as the scripture says. He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. So they referred to the manna that came out from heaven. But Jesus was just in the physical feeding them from a handful of loaves. So they like, oh, you know, yesterday you were doing all of that. What are you going to do for us? Not even realizing and seeing what Jesus did for them just yesterday. Jesus then said to them, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. What Moses gave you was not bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true heavenly bread. For the bread of God is he who comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they say to him, Lord, give us this bread always. It's like that lady in John 4, you know. Okay, so... Oh, so there is water. Can you please give me that water that you are speaking about so that I may never thirst again? Okay. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes and cleaves to and trusts and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. So here Jesus is saying, listen, people, the Miracle was just the demonstration to show you that you need to come to me. And I'm just thinking of Matthew 11 that says, all to me. Let's read it because there were a few nice things that I saw when I read it again. Um, Matthew 11 verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened. Okay, so just they were speaking in in John um, 6. What are we to do? The works that God requires. So what we often do is is we work work at something and we try to fix it and we try to fix it, but we don't come to him. So he's saying, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest, you know, sitting down. In the green pastures, I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Jesus teaching Philip just now. Jesus teaching the lady in John 4 just earlier. My yoke. Take my yoke and learn from me. Okay. Which is the word of Jesus. For I am gentle and meek and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest. Relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. My yoke is wholesome. It is useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, oppressing, but comfortable. It's gracious. It's pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. So what is this yoke that Jesus is giving him? What is the work that God requires? Believe in the one who him has sent. Habitually believe. Continue believing. This is the yoke. I mean, it is not that difficult. Now, I'm speaking from a place of, I mean, I've disbelieved God many times. I mean, it's not like I see 100% results. But I know that it is not like he's putting a stumbling block in our places, you know. This is the measure of how hard you should believe. No, he's saying, just come to me. When you come to me, you will believe. Okay, let's get back to John 11. So now, John 6. So now they are like, okay, he has given us... The bread from heaven, and then Jesus says, Moses is not the bread from heaven. Listen, the law cannot give you life. 
it is impossible. So the law, all your trying, all your efforts to please God externally from Jesus, it cannot satisfy you. It cannot give you life. But then Jesus is the one who gives you life. All who my Father gives to me will come to me, and the one who comes to him I will most certainly not cast out. I was just thinking of that scripture that um, come to him with boldness to the throne of grace. He will not cast you out. You can run to Jesus with literally anything. You know, there's certain things in my, um, in, in my relationship with Jesus that I feel I've really messed up now. Let's say with how I handle the situation with the kids or something like that. And I, it almost feel like, how can I turn to him now? I've really just tried to, to fix this on my own. And I almost feel I'm guilty that I didn't start by just going to him to ask him for help. And that, that is the exact point where you should not go and be like, okay, I was stupid to try to do this on my own. This is the exact point where you should run to him with boldness and say, Lord, at any time. I don't know if you've experienced that. I've many times, like, um, I realize I'm trying to do something. Or I was just, you know... Not let's say I wasn't praying in the spirit where I know I should have been praying in the spirit and busy with this and that, something stupid. Let's say watching a TV program. And with that, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch TV. I'm just saying you were busy with something that you know was actually just a waste of time and it wasn't really like in, in, um, you know, in love and in peace and in joy. And then you, you want to run to Jesus afterwards and say, okay, Lord, help me out of this mess. <laughs> I know you have, um, you have told me what to do and I didn't do it. That is the exact place where you need to run to Jesus so that he can help you out of your mess. He wants you to come to him. doesn't matter how much trying you have. doesn't matter how much guilty, you know, those guilty thoughts that come up. Yeah, but I didn't pray. I didn't do what he showed me to do. Come to him. He will give you out, and I will most certainly not cast your eye. I will never, no, never reject one of them who comes to me. How amazing is that? Jesus will never reject you. I mean, you can have all the grounds for the rejection. You could have messed up all the messiest thing you've messed up. He will not reject you. Come to him. Come. Where are we going to go from here? Oh, we are over half an hour. Okay, let me wrap up. The Son of Man gives you that. Um, let's just end here. Verse 58. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like manna, manna which our forefathers ate and yet died. He who takes this bread for his food shall live forever. We're not going to go into that details. Verse 63. It is the spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatsoever. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There is no profit in it. The words that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. But still some of you fail to believe and trust and have faith. The flesh has no benefit. Philip is sitting there. Lord, the money we have is not going to feed enough people. The flesh, the natural, not gonna benefit you whatever but the words that I speak to you are spirit and life maybe I'll continue 
in the next devotion about this. What I want to say to you today is that Jesus wants to feed you with himself. He is the bread of life. And he feeds you by giving you the words of life. That is how you eat the bread. Well, first of all, communion. We'll speak about it next time. But today I want to just focus here. The words of Jesus are spirit and life. So run to him. Keep on eating. If you feel you are full, you cannot eat anything more, keep on eating. Those words will give you life. If you are sick in your body or something and you feel, listen, they have prayed for me. I know I'm repeating myself, but I now I have prayed and I have trusted God. Keep coming to Jesus. Keep going to Jesus. If you've had enough, go for even more. His words give life. What are those words? It is words that bring freedom. You know, he says, my words are spirit and life. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 15 to 18 says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So when the words come to you, when you feel free, you know, this is the words that Jesus was speaking to Matt. To me, sometimes it is just from reading the word. Sometimes it is just a thought that comes into your mind. Sometimes it's a prophecy or word that somebody speaks to you. Sometimes it's a billboard speaking to you. Whatever it is, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you you free. Keep running to the word. Let Jesus speak to him to you. Come to him. Come to him. Come to him. Okay, I'm going to finish before I repeat myself too often. Thank you. Let me gr- greet everyone. Oh, there's a lot of people. Hello, Dini, Janine, Natasha van Kerk. Oh, it's nice. We met a long time ago. It's so nice to see you, Janine, again. <laughs> Marty, um, Pretorius, Patricia. Hi, Patricia. Um, Tinas, Morab Tinas, Henning, Lekker by die Sia. <laughs> Dis lekker, jylle moet jylle vakantie geniet. Mariska, so nice to see you. Martinette, um, Morning Prophet William, it's so nice to see you also. Angie, in my liefie Gerrit, morgen my liefie. <laughs> and um, Louis, oh, lekker om jou ook te sien, Louis, daar van Brits af. And um, yeah, I see that's everyone. So thank you for watching. May you experience the life of Jesus and may you just... Fill up till you explode. It's not possible, but just continue eating from him. Amen.